Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Today's guest is Megan Siemens. Megan is both a certified energy coach and human design guide. She's all about helping people tap into their magic and reawaken what she calls their own unique energetic blueprint. And she says, this is where the magic and reawakening happens. Her whole process is centered around ease. And she says she coaches people to shed layers of conditioning so they can get really crystal clear on bringing their wildest visions into reality. We all want that. So let's do this. All right. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you and your audience today. (laughs) Yay. I want to start our conversation by reading a snippet from your very wonderful guidebook called Balanced Out. If anyone will make sure to capture it in the show notes. Here's what you say. You will have days you didn't finish your to-do list because of a family emergency. Weeks you forget to go to the gym because you had a massive project come up at work. You will have months you spent more time eating donuts and ice cream than you did kale smoothies, but hear me out. You better make damn sure your unbalance is just as intentional as when you balance out. Tell us about being intentionally out of balance. Yes. Oh, I love it so much. This is such a juicy place to start. So for me, when I think about balance, I think, you know, the thing that most people have wrong about balance is they have this idea of like perfectly weighted scales. And as we know, as your listeners know, as you know, perfect balance isn't going to exist, right? We just aren't going to have the, I can spend five minutes here and five minutes there. I can spend one hour here and one hour there, right? So to me, balancing out is more of that balancing act versus being perfectly balanced. But the problem I think most people run into is that they're living unbalanced and completely unaware. So these different things are just running the show in their life without even really realizing it. There's no awareness around where you're putting your time, where you're putting your energy. And then all of a sudden you realize everything feels so out of balance. And I don't even know how this happened. And it's because you let those little pieces go so out of balance that your scales weighted like completely over to one side without you even noticing, without you even realizing it. Let me give you an example from my personal life because your book has been on my mind. So I'm, I'm launching in launch mode right now in my business. And so I just know it's a high energy time and a slightly more demanding time. So I've made exceptions to a few of my own personal boundaries, knowing that it's a short sprint, you know, and I felt very intentional and conscious about needing that right now. How would that contrast to what you were saying before, where people are out of balance, but it just feels like it's, it feels like it's happening to them instead of for them. 
Yeah. Well, what you're talking about is exactly that intentional unbalance. It sounds like a, (laughs) like an oxymoron saying it out loud. Right. But it is like, it's choosing like, yes, I'm launching because that's towards my bigger mission. That's towards what I'm desiring to do right now. That's where my heart wants to go. And because I'm choosing that, I can choose to weight my scales in a different direction in other areas of my life. Yes. So you're an energy coach who's largely informed by human design, which we're going to get into for sure. But uh, I love talking about energy so much. So let's start just what, what does an energy coach do? (laughs) Yes. Oh, big question. Uh, So I think the simplest way to put it is energy coaching is kind of like life coaching meets another level. It kind of meets the spiritual space it kind of meets different layers. We look at not just the goals and the actions, but the systems that are behind what's either holding you in place or what's excelling you forward. And so we're looking at these spaces that are unseen. It's kind of that, I mean, we've all heard the quote, your energy speaks before you do. What is that really? That's your energetic blueprint. It's you speaking before you even have to say a word. And so in energy coaching, we're looking at those systems that are in place and how your energy is flowing and moving about. That is always interesting because I think we've all had those experiences. I think even we, I think we, first of all, we experience energy on a subconscious level, even if it's not so overt, but I think we've all gotten on the elevator where we're just like, Ooh, I got to get off this elevator or, you know, it's, it's interesting. So how can we be more conscious of the energy we're putting out? Yeah. So for me, one of my favorite tools is, is human design, which I know we'll dive into. And what human design does for me for getting to know your energy is it allows you to remember how it feels to show up fully as you, not in someone else's story. And so I feel like the first step to really understanding your energy is really deeply getting to know you. Like when is the last time you really had that deep conversation with yourself? When is the last time you looked at why you're doing something and why your energy is moving towards something? And so really deeply getting to know yourself, I feel like is the first step to like getting to know that energy. Yes. Let's go a little bit more deep into that. I'm so called to talk about intuition because that's Mm. something that comes up a lot. And I think a lot of, in our distracted world, a lot of people have lost touch with how to tap into their intuition. How do you suggest people go about that? Yeah. So tapping into your intuition, I feel like it's like, uh, it's, It's like a muscle, right? And so if you haven't worked it out in a while, I would say the first step is remembering that it is going to be kind of flexing it a bit and kind of having a bit of a play with it and creating space for it to really come through. And so space for you might feel like simply sitting in silence. Space for you might feel better to have a journal with you and to just hear yourself, just let yourself free, right? Giving yourself space to start to hear the inner voices, just to, to hear the intuition And I would say the second thing is to let yourself play again. If your intuition feels like it's been shut down, if it feels like it's been turned off, like how can you turn yourself back on uh, and have a little bit of fun in life? So bringing some play into your life is is really a way that you can access that intuition piece again, kind of breaking the to-dos or breaking the must-dos or the daily like go, go, go and letting yourself play and have fun and see what it opens up for you. 
and tap into that flow. Okay. So you are very open about having fails, which I love. And you've totally <laughs> failed forward. And I wouldn't even call them fails. I mean, I growth opportunities, whatever, you know, whatever, however you want to call it, but you're very open about the fact that you've launched a few businesses that just didn't work. What do you wish a younger version of yourself would have known about listening to her inner voice? So I'm going to give two things here, if that's okay. Please. (laughs) I'm going to say the first one is not just to listen, but to hear and really feel the inner voices that you have so that you can start to consider what voice is my mind? What voice is my heart? What voice is my gut? Like really starting to feel into and know those inner voices. It comes back to really deeply knowing yourself. And then the second thing I would say is don't be afraid to pattern interrupt yourself. Like become your own best friend. And if you're being that harsh critic within you, because that's an inner voice too, that harsh critic, the judgment, that's an inner voice as well. Don't be afraid to pattern interrupt it and create a new story. You're the only one that's going to be with you all through life. Relationships ebb and flow. Like there's different family dynamics and things. And no matter what chapter you're in, you're going to be there. And so really getting to be your best friend and falling in love with yourself. And I feel like that starts with that inner voice. How are you talking to yourself? And don't be afraid to stand up to yourself even. Yes. I, and I'll share from my experience, it it sounds silly, but it works, you know, during times where I was doing work on my own inner critic, which is so good to get in touch with, yeah. that doesn't feel the same as the voice from my heart. You know, it's such yeah. like an egoic voice. And I've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. I sometimes even naming that voice, I call mine Vicky. And I'm like, Vicky, <laughs> I know you're, you know, it's kind of like the overprotective mom that but really is holding you back and I'll be like Vicky you're welcome to be in the car but you're not driving get in the back seat lady like (laughs) I love that so much and if you don't make the space like you can't you can't find Vicky right yeah (laughs) so you have to make that space and feel and get to know that egoic voice versus that pull forwards towards something or that pull away from something Yes. Well, it's obvious from everything you're doing and sharing in the world right now, it's just clear. You know, you said your your energy precedes you and yours definitely does. It's very clear to me you're in a really high energetic space. What's helping you the most in terms of practices to show up in your life the way you are and want to show up? Yeah. So I would say as far as practices go, I'll say before I share some personal practices, like always getting to know what practices feel good for you, because I've definitely been in that place where I was like, I have to have the strict morning routine Mm. and write this many affirmations and, you know, be in silence for 30 minutes. And I did this like strict routine for a long time. And I was like, this feels stressful. (laughs) So (laughs) really considering what actually feels really nourishing to you. And so right now, what feels so nourishing to me is starting my day with outside time. I've been taking one hour walks every morning outside, no phone. It also helps that I'm currently in another country and I don't have 
cell service when I leave my Wi-Fi spot. So I'm completely disconnected. And it's reminding me the beauty of being disconnected from our phones, from our computers, from the technology that's all around us. And I would say disconnecting is something recently that's really nourishing me and my energy and making me notice like, wow, that's that's some of the creative flow that I needed unlocked. And so for me, it's that nature, it's that disconnect. And it is connecting with myself. I'm a huge journaler. So I connect inside my journal every morning as well. And I just hear myself out. I just write and write and write and write and write. If someone got a hold of my journal, it would make no sense. I go from like one topic to another, to another, to another. I'm just emptying my mind, emptying my heart and just hearing myself out. So making space to really hear myself out so that I don't get in that unbalanced and unaware space. I am aware of what's going on, what's coming up, and then I can move my energy with that from there. I just want to mirror back. I fully support that. And I'm a big proponent of rhythms instead of rigidity. Yeah, for sure. I love that outdoor hour. What a, what a unexpected blessing that you don't get cell service. (laughs) It really is. And I, you know, I honestly don't think I realized how connected to my phone I had gotten recently. And I think, you know, as a, someone that does run a business online, it just makes it even more like I'm tapping on different apps and different messages to my clients and all these things. And I don't think I even realized it until I started doing these intentional walks and realizing like, oh, I actually don't have access to any of that. And that feels so good. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I know too, that probably a lot of how you're showing up has to do with tapping into knowing your human design deeply, which I want to make sure we give adequate space to. So some of my community might not be familiar at all with human design. So can you start by giving us just like a simple high level perspective on what human design even is? Yeah. So human design, I mean, for me, it's like every personality test you've ever taken, but wrapped into one bow and it gives you this energetic blueprint for yourself. So it's not like, this is how to live your life. It's like, Hey, if you try this on, it might create a little less resistance and a whole lot more ease in your life. Uh, It's quite literally the study of differentiation. So how every single human being is different. There's 2 billion different configurations in human design. So I've yet to see two people that have the exact same design. And then there's different layers to human design. So what you've likely heard about if you just tap into human design or if this is your first time and you're going to go like search it afterwards, uh, the first thing you'll probably come across is the five types in human design. And this is kind of that first layer where you can get started and start to get to know your design and start to integrate it into place. So... I I really like what you what you say about ease because it mm-hmm. gives people a framework to work in to recognize myself. Something else that I'm dipping my toes in. I know my design type, but I feel like I have a ton to learn. And that's one of the reasons I'm curious. And we've got you on to answer our questions. So so for example, of the five types, I know I'm a manifester. What type are you? I'm a projector. Okay. So as we navigate for example, relationships with our partner. I just think it's nice to have a concrete example. What would be something that would be more easeful for me as a manifester versus you as a projector, just to give people a flavor of like how it's different and how it can really inform 
your approach? Cause it's kind of tricky to understand and explain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cause there's so many layers. I mean, 2 yeah. billion different configurations. How could we possibly go in all of those places in this conversation? Right. But I love how you frame this. I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. So as a manifester, like you're here to initiate, to do the things you're here for big impact, like be bold, unapologetic in whatever way that means for you. And you're here to just like get the ball rolling. Like you're like the fire starter, like let's go. And for me as a projector, some of that feels a little exhausting to me. Projectors are known to go deep in what it is they uh, really want to show up in, whatever it is their gift is to go deep and to move a little bit slower, but I wouldn't say slow in the traditional sense of time. We're just really deepening in. And so for a projector, I'm not really designed to initiate the way a manifester is. For a projector, I'm made to go deep in my gifts and then wait for people to recognize me and invite me in to share those gifts. And so you can see already how like you're, you don't need that invitation. It's like you can go and that can feel really good for you if you're following um, your authority and some different other layers in your design. And for me, I really need that invitation, that recognition before I actually like get up and go. And invitations can come in so many different ways, shapes and forms. Yeah, that's a, a really great example. How else can human design feel like a permission slip? Yeah. So something that was huge in human design. So I actually found human design in 2018 and I was like, I hate it. Like, I was like, I don't like it. I don't want to read anything about it. Like clients kept bringing me their charts and I was like, uh, no, like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like it. And so I really had this resistance towards it at first, at first. And then, you know, more and more clients kept bringing it to me. And I, finally I was like, okay, there's some kind of breadcrumb here. I'm going to follow it. So I started learning about it more and more. I learned that I was a projector, which I already knew. And that was kind of what I was resisting. I was like, I'm not waiting for an invitation. Like, don't tell me that I have to do that. Then I found out that my, my boyfriend, my partner, he's also a projector. And I was like, that's interesting because we're complete opposites. We're so different. And the more I started learning about his design and those kind of deeper and deeper layers, the more I started going, oh, this actually makes sense. And it started to give us this permission slip in our relationship to really meet each other's energy and not try and change or fix the other partner, but really meet them where they're at and learn how to each lead in our own way. And so this is like a really simple kind of maybe like silly example, but we'll go, we'll go small example. So for him, he's a splenic projector. And so for him, decisions are like in the moment, they're like, let's do it. Let's do it right now. So he is like, always just like ready to go for me. I'm self-projected. And so for me, I have to talk things out. I have to talk things out, talk things out, talk things out until I feel that clarity come through. And then I know I can move with it. And so just knowing this, like even as simple and as silly as it sounded, I could see that showing up in like how we would choose what we were having for dinner. He would be like, I want this. And I would be like, oh, let's talk about it for a minute. Like, let me tell you all the reasons that I don't want that. Like, let me tell you the last time we ate that. And he's like, I've already decided I'm already ordering it. And so by knowing these two contrasts in our design, we were able to really now step back and lead in these ways and in a really supportive and collaborative way. That's super cool because I think it it could also just invite in, obviously with anything like this, I'm always like, give it a go, see what you yeah. learned, see, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. Yes. And, you know, 
even if it's not to the letter, I think that knowing what your partner or good friends or children I want to talk about in just a second are, can build such a bridge of compassion and understanding. Cause I have to say like, I'm, you know, the way we make decisions is, is like so different, right. That I think that that was a great example. So somebody in my community who knew I was talking human design today was like, Oh my gosh, it's totally changed how I've parented because she's figured Mm -hmm. out what her kids, you know, what, where her kids are and their, their human design charts. And she's like treated them so differently as everybody should, but sometimes you just parent in a way that's like, this is how I parent. And she's really done this cool thing where she parents in a way that has appealed and it's worked. So tell us about how understanding human design in our sphere of our family and our role as parents might be powerful. Yeah. I think it's one of the most powerful gifts that a parent can give to let their child lead through their design and show up from day one because children have this pure way of showing their gifts like before there's any conditioning or any stories that they picked up from you know social circles or school or whatever it is they have this pure way of expressing their gifts and so I love hearing from parents when they learn their child's design and then they share about how it shows up for their little one because it's such a pure way of expressing it And so for a parent to be able to lean back and even learn from their child, I think Mm. there's so many lessons in that. And so if you can let your, your kid really show up in their unique gifts and not try to fix it or change it or make it be the way you want them to grow up. And like, of course, you have to put boundaries in place as a parent, but also just noticing like how they show up if they are like a little more sensitive to emotions, like really honoring that space, because that could be a part of their design. If they're like a little one that loves to like experiment and like get messy, that could so be a part of their design. And so just really noticing how they show up and honoring that I feel like is such a gift and such a space of learning. That actually took me to such a a wonderful spot because I agree, you know, kids just, we were talking way back to take it full circle to beginning when you're talking about getting in touch with our intuition, kids, you know, kids haven't been conditioned yet, (laughs) you know, many times, you know, they're, and you're talking about play and ease and, and dropping in and and being in touch with their needs and, and just their gifts. One of the things that you're, you promise, and I know you've done is you've helped so many women around the globe go from a place of feeling frozen in time to being in this state of like aligned motion. Yeah. So if somebody is feeling stuck, what advice do you have for them? I would say connect with that inner child within you. What were the ways you showed up when you were little? How were you unapologetic? What did you deeply desire and maybe at times got shut down for? So a very tangible example of this, when I was learning my human design and I learned that I was self-projected again, meaning that I talk out decisions that I'm making. I talk out the big processes for myself. It brought me right back to my third grade class. And I remember I was that kid 
that always got in trouble for talking constantly. And my report card would always say like, it doesn't matter where we move Megan in the classroom. She just talks. And I kept getting in trouble for it to a point where I finally shut it down. I was like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to get in too much trouble. I'm going to end up getting in detention or whatever little girl me, what I can't remember what it was in third grade, but I remember being scared that I was going to get in really big trouble. And so I stopped talking it out. I shut that piece down. And so remembering how little girl me really thrived, how I loved to show up. I loved to talk it out with people and then to hear them like reflect it back to me. And I remember that piece of me. And so if you are feeling really stuck, connect with that little child within you. Notice what are the things you loved? How did you show up? And what did you really deeply desire? Amazing. We're coming up on time. I wanted to come back to a little bit of an open question because you you do, again, this, the workbook she has is balanced out and it's just a cool journey. It's a little reflection. So everybody who listens to this knows I'm big on journaling and reflection. And if that's yeah. something that seems scary to you to just open a journal and take your pen and flow, it gives a really cool little reflection and mini fun really nurturing assignment. And back to talking about being fluid with your morning routine, like some days I'm just like, hmm, maybe I need a little inspo in my life. And I do something more like that versus free ride or whatever. So I want to hear what's on your heart. What is, what is one more example of like one of the little daily rituals that has gotten the most feedback from your community from that book? that maybe Mm. other women who are listening might want to try? I would say using it, and I don't know if this is what you were touching on with yourself, but almost using it, not as if it's this linear guide, but actually like almost using it as if it was like an oracle and just like opening it up, seeing what page you land on and just noticing what comes up for you. And then trying that exercise instead of doing it in like this, I mean, absolutely do it in the, you know, order that it, that it comes in, try that out once. But if you are feeling that kind of stagnant energy, you feel like you need a little like boost, you need a little something, just open it up, see what page you land on and just soak it in, see what lesson comes up for you that day and notice how that can inform the energy that you need. Yes. And I will... I will share an exercise that I did. And it was funny. It was it just sometimes I think these things hit us on the days that we we mm-hmm. most are going to be receptive and it's what we need. And the exercise that I did in, in most recent memory one day when I was just looking for a little boost was list a hundred things you're grateful for. Well, and your yeah. words to paraphrase were like, not five, not 10 don't get up from this page, keep going. And it went from a little bit of a resistance to being like, wow, 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 wow. And it just really, it was just like, just that shift. Yeah. 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 That's one of my all time favorite exercises to turn the volume up on gratitude, to turn the volume up on joy. It's just creates this blossoming in your life that it's, it's so beautiful to witness. So thank you for sharing that. That made my heart so happy. <laughs> well, it made my heart happy too. And I'm sure it's something I'll go back to. So, all right. Well, we're coming to a close, 
but I always end by asking women the same question. And that is what's one thing women should be asking themselves more. Mm. What do I want to say yes to? And what do I need to say no to right now? Love that. All right. Well, I know, first of all, real quickly, even though I said that was our last question, (laughs) tell us super, super quick. I just want people to understand how simple it is to find their human design. Mm, mm-hmm. it, it It's only a couple things, birth date, time, where you're born, right? Is yeah, that yeah that's it. it. That's all okay. you need. Birth, birthday, time, and location. We'll pop the link like somewhere around this episode uh, and you just pop it in and it'll pop up a little graph plus some information. Done. Okay. We will do that. And then, cause I think people have fun with that. And I hope they just let it be play and, you know, but people are going to want to follow you as well. And so tell us where we can find you. Yes, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Megan Siemens. That is my website. I love hanging out on Instagram. Love me some Instagram stories. So I would love for you all to come on over, reply to the post about this podcast and share your favorite takeaway so I can celebrate you for, for showing up for you today. That's always a win. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at Whitney Woman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.